0: Hi, welcome to my podcast. Help me Rhonda. I'm your host, Dr. Rhonda Carg. I'm a clinical psychologist, and each episode of this podcast, I present mental health-related information to you in hopes that you'll gain insight into your own behavior and also to learn new skills that I teach as part of the podcast. So thanks for joining me today. So this is part of a series that I'm doing on limerence and today I'm going to be talking about limerence as an addiction so as I've talked about in the other videos limerence is an obsessive quality to your feelings about a person it could be like infatuation but it's like you can't think about anything other than the object of your limerence. And in reality, the object of your limerence is not a real person. It's kind of a fantasy of a person and a fantasy about the feelings that they have about you. It's not based in reality. And oftentimes it's based on this underlying Need for love and connection and affection, which is true for all of us, but it's stronger for those of us who felt like they didn't have it when they were growing up. So, limerence is a problem for a lot of different reasons, but it can interfere with work, school, relationships with other people. Uh, you can neglect your health. You will. You can neglect your Um, your physical or mental health. You can neglect uh, your self-care because this other person, this other, this limerent object becomes the central focus of your life. That sounds like addiction, right? That's what happens if somebody is addicted. Everything else kind of falls away, is not really enjoyable, not really important, the person that is their limerent object becomes the central focus in their life. Just like a drug addict, the drug becomes the central focus of their life and they stop doing other things that they used to enjoy. And, and it leads to problems with work and school and relationships and other things like that. So limerents can definitely have an addictive outcome to it. Okay. So addiction happens when there is also a release of dopamine. And when it comes to connections with other people, there's also the release of oxytocin. And so that can be involved as well when you're in that state of infatuation or limerence with someone, you're getting lots and lots of dopamine because again, this person is perfect. They're amazing. They're incredible. You're, you know, like the term says, like you're tripping, you know, you're, you're future tripping. You're thinking about your future together with this person and you feel like finally I met the person who is going to complete me. It's that kind of feeling that is short term it has to be think about it from uh, a biological or evolutionary standpoint if we if if limerence or infatuation lasted long term we would not hunt and gather we would not take care of each other a lot of stuff would be going wrong because we're obsessing about this person, right? So we develop a tolerance. Just like you develop a tolerance to a drug, you also can develop tolerance to the limerent object in the sense that you need more and more in order to get the same reaction. Uh people that develop tolerance to drugs maybe Or alcohol, they may start off needing to have two beers in order to catch a buzz. But over time, they might need six beers to catch a buzz. And the same is true of limerence and infatuation is that you just want more and more and more. And over time, this can become like an addiction in the sense that you're not getting you're neglecting things you're neglecting your health your self-care your relationships your health you're neglecting a lot of things because you just don't care about anything else it can become like that okay so knowing that it can't last knowing that eventually this fantasy that you have about this person is going to come crashing down. And that might mean that the Limerin object actually tells you that they don't share the same feelings for you that you share for them. It could come from, uh, let's say, Let's say you're married and your partner finds out about your limerent object and then it causes problems in your marriage and your partner says, I want you to leave your job and go work someplace else. Honestly, sometimes you have to do that. If you have a limerent object that you work with, sometimes you have to change your jobs because it's so difficult to interact with them day to day at work, having this limerence for them. Uh so let's say that it abruptly abruptly stops and that fantasy about that person is gone. Then what happens to a drug addict when they no longer have their drug? They go through withdrawal. And you can think about withdrawal like this, withdrawal from drugs, alcohol, people, places, things is very much like the equal and opposite effect that the drug gives you, or in this case, the equal and opposite effect that the limerent object gives you. If your limerent object gives you a, this feeling of elation, if they text you or if you see them, You get this excitement and you get this dopamine rush and you feel, uh, you feel energetic. You have a mood swing. Now all of a sudden everything in the world is right. Like you have that kind of an effect from the limerent object. Then you'll have the equal and opposite effect. So you won't feel excited. You'll feel depressed. You won't feel energetic, you'll feel fatigued. You won't be sleeping less because you're obsessing about them. You'll start sleeping more, okay? It's the equal and opposite effect. But guess what? The good news is if you do what I call a 30-day detox, your sanity will be restored. So how do you do that? So you refrain from or abstain from any thoughts about the limerent object. When you start thinking about the limerent object, you're going to quickly stop. Some people see a stop sign or hear the word stop. I clap my hands together. And then redirect your mind to something else. Remember, the redirecting is the most important part. You need to give your mind something else to think about. You can't just say, stop thinking about the limerent object. You can't. It doesn't work that way. It works by stopping and then redirecting. So my redirect is always, what do I need to get done? And then go and do that thing. And then when I'm done doing that thing, then I go do something else. Okay. So that's my go to for distraction, but it is going to be important for you to have something else that you focus your mind on. Okay. So if you go 30 days without thinking about the limerine object or talking about them, doing research about them on the internet, looking at pictures of them, reading over old texts or emails. No, none of that. Literally, as soon as you start thinking about them, you stop and redirect your mind to something else, okay? If you do that for 30 days, your sanity will be restored and you will not feel that same level of obsession about this person anymore you will feel like you have control over your mind again you will feel like you have control over your behavior again it'll give you a great sense of mastery and accomplishment if you go 30 days but it's like a detox period and that's why i think you know substance abuse uh places you know they have a 28 day stay and And I think that's also based on the same principle is that after about 28-30 days, the cravings become much more manageable and you have a modicum, you feel that you have a modicum of control over not using, okay? And in the case of limerence, not engaging in that sort of obsessive thinking about them anymore you're able to sit down and look at the qualities about them that are not perfect that you ignored because you had this deep need to connect with people and recognizing that it's a natural, normal part of our existence to have that level of connection. So Be very gentle with yourself. Try not to look back on the past and have a lot of regret about how much time or other problems or other issues that came up as a result of your limerence that's not helpful. What you need to do is recognize that right here, right now, you have decided that you're going to do something different. You're committed to it it's important to let other people know about what you're doing as a way to give you accountability and to help you in case you go into another limerate state, you can explain to them what that is and how they'll know and what they can do to best love you when you're in a limerate state. Because there's ways to handle it that, that are both appropriate and inappropriate. I mean, imagine if somebody is very confrontational with you about your substance use. Uh, chances are you might get very defensive about it. So, same thing with limerence. You don't want to be confrontational and aggressive with them about it. You know, the whole tough love thing um, probably isn't going to work. But people that will gently point out, I'm wondering if this is a time that you're experiencing limerence. Is that true? What do you think? And that you can gently point it out to people because people that are in a limerence state aren't always aware of it. And so as a good friend to them, you could gently point out the discrepancies between what they're saying and what's reality. Uh, You know, so, The aftercare piece of it is important. Being surrounded by people that know what you're doing, uh, connecting with other people that are in the same boat as you in terms of their working on their limerence. There are communities on the Internet for people that are recovering from limerence. Um, You can look into Sex and Love Addiction Anonymous. That's one 12-step group that... That some people with limerent tendency has, has found can be effective. Uh, but there's also books on limerents and other things that you can do to learn about the causes and what you can do about limerents. But I've discussed several in today's uh, episode and I've ex- described some in some of my other episodes. So I will hope that you'll tune into those as well. Thanks so much for your support. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day.